0: This is Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Great to be with you on another edition of the world's leading transit executive podcast, Transit Unplugged, today, news and views. On this episode, I'll be bringing you some headline news from around the world on how technology is being applied to public mobility. You'll be fascinated by some of the stories I'm gonna give you today. Then we've got a newsmaker interview, a great interview with Jane Grog, who is the head of Sarasota County Area Transit in Florida the third of our interviews we conducted at the APTA Expo this year. Hopefully you really enjoyed last week's episode with uh, the, the live CEO roundtable recorded at APTA with five of the most powerful women in transit in the United States. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, I encourage you to, it's very inspiring. And then we'll have our segments with Alaya Carey and Mike Bismeyer, and then a look at the future of what the podcast has coming up for you for the rest of this year and into next year, all on this episode of transit unplugged. And now a look at some of the wild headline news stories from around the world. Over to Seoul, Korea, where a $150 billion project, Seoul is carrying on its five-year plan to build safe autonomous driving infrastructure throughout the city. The city's been focused on the establishment and demonstration of self-driving technology infrastructure for the past few years, but they're going to be developing and demonstrating new various autonomous transportation services as the next step toward the full adoption of self-driving technologies that they say will improve citizens lives in Seoul, Korea in the capital there. Unlike autonomous levels one, two, and three that assist human drivers to conveniently reach their destination, you probably know a level four self-driving vehicle does not require a driver. It navigates around places by communicating with on-road structures such as traffic lights and pedestrian crossings. A human driver would only be necessary in case of emergency and that's the level that level four autonomous driving that will be fully commercialized in South Korea uh, over the next five years or so. By 2027, they're saying. They held a press briefing last week and Seoul said that the city government plans to adopt more than 300 autonomous vehicles and related services by 2026, Autonomous driving infrastructure that provides real-time traffic signal information on every road of more than two lanes will be built for safe operation. They'll develop a detailed roadmap and other safety platforms to prevent unexpected situations and reduce risks on the road. Starting this month of November 2021, Seoul will gradually increase the number of pilot zones for autonomous vehicles uh, where various commercial autonomous-related services and car-hailing services can be demonstrated, uh, they'll have lots of different services for this car hailing services, and then uh, for a after a test operating the service for free for a month, passengers will be required to pay for the service starting in January of 2022. They eventually plan to operate more than 50 self-driving vehicles in Sangram Sangam's pilot zone. And then in 2022, just coming up next year, self-driving buses will be operated in a city Nearby, uh, near a stream that flows through the heart of Seoul, at least 10 driverless taxis also will be available called robo-taxis <laughs> and, uh, in their fashion district. And the number of driverless taxis will be increased to by, to more than 100 over the next few years. They've already been building a cooperative intelligent transport system, uh, an ITS system that provides real-time information such as traffic conditions so that individual vehicles can share data and prevent accidents. And then to demonstrate self-driving buses in 2023, the city will create an almost 10-kilometer-long autonomous bus route that connects four city districts with heavy foot traffic during the late night time when subway trains stop running. And uh, so the Seoul mayor, O.C. Hoon, said, by expanding the autonomous driving infrastructure across Seoul, we'll create the top five autonomous driving leading city by 2026. And they believe this five-year plan is meaningful in terms of providing freedom of movement For all citizens, regardless of age or gender, whether they have a driver's license or not, so autonomous buses and cars and taxis all coming as they're wiring the city as a smart city. There, speaking of a wired city, uh, back here in the U.S., Los Angeles has previously debuted what they call their Shake Alert LA, a smartphone app that alerts users about a detected earthquake in the area seconds before it occurs. uh, Before it occurs, those few seconds are long enough to prepare yourself for shaking and quickly move away from large furniture, other objects that can fall. The app has already had over a million downloads um, before it was replaced with a statewide MyShake app. Uh, now the Shake Alert technology is being deployed at the Los Angeles County bus and train maintenance centers and facilities to warn employees, drivers, and patrons about oncoming earthquakes, the shaking. The early warning system will detect any earthquake with a magnitude of 4.8 or greater. And uh, once this is fully deployed, it'll be the largest deployment in any U.S. transit system. And then a flip over the ocean to the United Kingdom, uh, where the Croydon City Council has uh, now moved forward with something very interesting for their bus shelters. They are installing, operating, and maintaining connected bus shelters and digital advertising at 185 locations across the borough. And it is going to provide what they're calling next generation street furniture. I like that. Uh, The bus shelters are street furniture. And uh, get get what it's going to have. It's going to have all kinds of new amenities, such as air quality monitoring on the bus shelters, such as traffic sensors, such as new digital bus countdown on the vehicle. I mean, on the shelter, so it counts down as the bus is getting closer to the shelter, and information screens in every shelter. Uh, They're also having new free public Wi-Fi there. It'll help join up through the bus shelters, many areas across the borough to connect, to create connected streets for all. And so uh, quite interesting. All the shelters will include digital screens, as I mentioned, with bus arrival countdowns and local transport information. Great new innovations coming to the United Kingdom. Hey, thanks for being with us today on this episode of Transit Unplugged. Be sure to stay tuned now for our Newsmaker interview with Jane Grogg from Sarasota Transit. And then stay tuned all the way through the end where we're gonna take you into the future of what's coming for this Transit Unplugged podcast. Thanks for being with us today and stay safe out there. All right, Jane Grogg, great to have you with us on the Transit Unplugged podcast. We're here at APTA Expo 2021. Great, thank yeah. you so much for having me. Yeah, so you're from Sarasota. That's right, Florida. Sarasota
1: County Area Transit. Mm-hmm.
0: And what do you do down there?
1: I am the director CEO of the transit department okay and I've uh, been with Sarasota County for 20 years but with SCAT for uh, about 18 months almost two years.
0: Okay very good and um, tell me a little about your agency uh, you know number of vehicles what type of service you provide that kind of a thing
1: sure absolutely um, we provide fixed route service and primarily that service is provided by my employees and um, Then we also have paratransit service that covers both ADA and transportation disadvantage. state of Florida has TD service as well. And uh, we also have a trolley service that operates on the number one beach in America, Siesta Ah. Key Beach. And uh, that trolley service is a free service. And uh, that's been in place for about four years now. And then we just added last June, uh, mobility on demand, a general response service. Okay. And uh, so that's been growing a lot faster than we anticipated, but it's been a really great experience.
0: Tell me about that. Cause that's the hottest trend right now. I think it's this mobility on demand. What, what do you all do and how does it work and all that?
1: Absolutely. Um, so we w- did some analysis of our fixed route service and looked for potential inefficiencies and in how it was operating. And we targeted those routes that had the lowest ridership and lowest return on investment for what we were spending on those routes. And we said, what if we provide service a different way? And there are four different zones where we had eliminated fixed route service and we added the new on-demand by Sarasota County service in those four zones. And that connects individuals Uh, Anywhere they want to go that start and end in the zone, and if they want to go beyond the zone, they can book their destination for one of our mobility hubs or even a bus stop, and they can switch to the fixed route and move out beyond their community. So we've got a a spine, if you will, uh, along U.S. 41 in Sarasota County, and so there are places especially along that spine where you can connect and then get to other parts of the county and the fixed route service.
0: And do you charge for that?
1: Yes, and that service is a contracted service. Uh, we contract with uh, VIA uh, to provide that service, and it is a 30-minute response time. Uh, you can book those trips by phone, in the app, or online. and. We started out that service as $1.25, which matches our fixed route fare. Uh, we are doing some analysis long range, you know, what, what's the right mix and, and how does that work. But that's, that's where we started out, and it's, it's grown faster than we expected and faster than our contractor uh, partner expected yeah. as well.
0: Now, you said that you're taking people, some of them are going to hubs and other bus stops. Others have their own destination. Do you know, like a percentage split, how many are, is it is it a feeder service primarily or is it primarily taking people to their final destination?
1: It's primarily taking people to their final destination. There are a few that it is a feeder, especially in our northern most, most zone that connects with uh, a lot more of our fixed route system, but we've got two zones in the southern portion of our county that really, really are communities unto themselves. They have lots of origins and destinations contained within the community. So people going to the grocery store, going to doctor's appointments, going to work, and they're going to and from those uh, to home and making those, completing those trips uh, as at, within the zone.
0: Yeah. Are you doing any kind of feedback loop with them to see how they like it? Are you getting any response from them?
1: Yes, we just completed a survey about a week and a half ago, still getting back some of that information. And what's really neat is we're finding that our service is, is what's called very sticky. People are using it frequently, and we've got about a five trip per week average use by oh wow. our, our users, and that's, so that's very it. high. They love it. Um, it's in an area where we had very low ridership on the fixed route. and. People were probably not accessing traditional transit and sort of a semi-suburban style development, so walking to transit just didn't make sense. And this has not only filled the void of those eliminated routes, but we are growing beyond and serving people that we never served before, and they seem to love it.
0: Awesome. That's what it's all about, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Have you been able to get any extra funding through all these tranches of funds coming from the federal government to respond to COVID? Is that how you're paying for this?
1: Actually, the way we're paying for the new service is with the uh efficiencies and the reductions in our fixed route service. Okay. So, that was uh conceptualized prior to COVID hitting, and then COVID accelerated that yes. process yeah, because, yeah. you know, we needed to uh sort of pull back the number of uh, fixed route that we were offering uh, due to various yeah. uh, various needs. And
0: lower ridership demand. And lower
1: ridership like and um, loss of operators, you know, leaving the, the organization, yeah. that type of thing. So um, that was the conceptual uh, approach to it. We have, of course, used uh, our COVID relief money to help supplant our, our services across the board.
0: Okay. And where do you see things going now? Like hopefully we're past the main part of the pandemic. And coming out, Are you still are you having trouble like everybody else is attracting drivers? And you know, what's the where do you see yourself going over the next six months to a year at the agency?
1: Well, we're looking at a lot of different innovation. How can we become the most efficient uh, that we can be? We are having some difficulty attracting employees, but with a reduced number of fixed route operators, we're we're helping to um, offset that total demand. Uh, but in that on-demand service is filled by independent contractors, so those drivers are actually uh, independents that do that service. And long range, we are working on improving our data and information to help uh, drive our business decisions and uh, drive the way into the future, really.
0: Are you all part of the county government or city government, or?
1: Yes, we are part of Sarasota County government. Okay. We are a department of the of the county.
0: So you like, the county commissioners are like the boss?
1: yes our form of government uh, the county commissioners have two employees the county administrator and the county attorney who serve uh, at their pleasure and then the employees actually uh, such as myself we report to the county administrator
0: and and you do you do a, you have a I know a residential area but you're really known for your beaches right yes yeah tell us about it. that's a great way to end. Uh, now that we're in November, people across the country are cold. Tell them about Sarasota.
1: Yes. Uh, Sarasota has very beautiful beaches. We also have a lot of cultural uh, opportunities, arts, so forth. And come this spring, we've got two spring training facilities in Sarasota County, the home of the recent World uh, World Series winners. The Atlanta Braves are in Northport, Florida, and the Baltimore Orioles are in, uh, in Sarasota. in my team. and uh very very fun to experience that the uh white sugar sand of siesta key is has been voted number one beach uh and that's where our trolley service operates and you know coming out of covid we have had the strongest summer in ridership on that trolley since we've been in in uh in operation for the last four years so our 2021 summer and fall, and this is usually our lowest point uh, for visitors, is higher than it was 17, 18, 19. You know, I would not compare it to 20, but um, it would easily beat 20 because that was low. But 19... Uh, 2019 was the biggest year, 350,000 trips on the trolley, yeah. and uh, we are on pace to exceed that. So, really excited about that. Pent
0: up demand, I think, over the... It is. Everybody was stuck at home, yeah.
1: It is. And we've got a lot of new um, technology improvements that we're working on with our system, okay. and uh, love our partnership that we have with TripSpark, and uh, the... Products that we're implementing with Trapeze and Assetworks, uh, doing a lot of uh, upgrades. Yes, (laughs) we are upgrading our technology. We have a pretty large capital project that is underway and uh, improving things like automated operator processes, on bus information, on time performance passenger counting, bus stop management, all of that information is gonna feed our future decisions. So um, the projections that we made to make this huge transformation we're based on the information that, that we had at hand, and we'd really like to improve the quality of that information. You know, what is the actual passenger count at each stop? Yes. And, you know, are there adjustments that we need to make to routes, and what time of day, and do we need to adjust our service hours? So this information is going to give us a wealth of information to take us to the next level.
0: That's great, Jane. I can't wait to see it. Hopefully I can come down there and see the Orioles and walk on the beach this spring.
1: We'd be happy to have you. Love to, love to have you in Sarasota. Thank you so much, Jane Thank Brog. you.
0: Hi,
2: I'm Aleia Carey, a communications consultant who loves working with public transit agencies. Jane Grog talks here about challenges in hiring. And though it sounds like her agency is on the way to a solution, just about every transit organization is struggling with hiring right now. Promoting your agency as a great employer and filling those jobs is a complicated, multifaceted communications challenge. Today, I want to focus on writing killer job ads. First, let's start with your audience and what they're looking for. Take some time to consider who your candidates are. Are they young and urban? Are they career-motivated or just looking for a gig? Maybe your ideal candidate is retired and looking for a part-time job to give back to the community. When you know who your most likely candidates are, you can write ads more directly for them. Next, know thyself, meaning know your organization and how to describe it. And I don't just mean the top-line facts. Think about your mission and vision and where this job fits into that larger picture. Finally, as you describe the role you're hiring for, it's okay here for your ads to pick out several top-line facts to list, but don't neglect to weave in how this job fits into that overall mission and vision. That will help inspire ad readers to learn more. If you'd like to talk more about writing job ads or anything else related to communications and public transit, look me up on LinkedIn. My first name is spelled E-L-E-A, last name
3: C-A-R-E-Y. Hi, this is mike bismar regional sales director for Terra, and this is mike's minute where we talk about leadership mentorship and kindness with the hopes it'll inspire you to pay it forward as we come out of the thanksgiving break i wanted to quickly touch on kindness and more so on gratitude the last couple weeks have been surreal for sure on the home front in the community i live in abbotsford british columbia due to the historic flooding our community has seen however like with any other challenge or circumstance we've seen many people rise up and help others We've been very grateful for the frontline workers, the military, businesses, and the community volunteers that just simply do the right thing. My wife and I even held a small fundraiser at the house and were blown away by people's generosity. That directly leads me into the time of the year we are now entering, holiday season, where there are many initiatives in our communities to give back and give us the opportunity to help others. I'd like to send a kudos out to all the transit agencies in North America who have had many amazing different charity initiatives over the years and continue to utilize and decorate buses for campaigns such as Stuff the Bus food bank donations, Toys for Tots, Santa and Rudolph inspired buses. It all makes a difference and I would recommend getting involved with your local agency if possible. I had the pleasure this past Saturday of volunteering with the Edmonton Transit team in Alberta, Canada as part of their annual Stuff a Bus campaign they had 16 buses parked at 16 different grocery stores collecting food to benefit those in need. This program has collected over 1 million pounds of food and $495,000 in donations since its inception to help Edmontonians. Truly inspiring. Thanks to all those who donated this weekend, came by for a visit, shared a coffee, and as always, thanks for listening. Kindness is cool.
0: Thanks for sticking with us today on the podcast. Now we're on to the future of public transportation segment, and we had some really futuristic stories at the top. Today we're going to talk about what's happening next for this podcast, Transit Unplugged. I think you'll. I've uh, got three main areas I want to talk about. First off, we're going to talk about some of the new uh, segment, market segments that we're moving into in social media. Secondly, we're going to talk about all the guests we have coming up for the rest of this calendar year and into next year. Give you a preview. Uh, a special preview. We don't often do this, but we want to tell you about all the great shows we have coming up for the month of December and the month of January. I think you'll find them great. And then we we'll talk a little bit about what's coming for our Transit Unplugged TV show. So stick with us over the next five to seven minutes as we tell you about all that. Most of you know my story. I'd spent 30 years in the public transit industry, working in the public and private sector, uh, ended up as CEO of the MTA in Baltimore, where I started the nation's first and only FM radio station operated by a transit system, WTTZ. We played smooth jazz music all day long and several times an hour, news and views about public transportation, what's happening, so we can kind of tell our own story. It became really uh, one of the top uh, radio stations in the Baltimore region, and you can still listen to it. On the TuneIn app, WTTZ 93.5 FM, if you ever want to tune into that. Mark Jones helped me get that started. Still there. Great voice. Great one of those late night FM DJ voices, you know. But anyway, uh, so when I started the podcast, I basically took this as an extension of that, right? Podcasting is kind of like the new radio. And I wanted to give CEOs the opportunity to tell their own story. I mean, I'd most recently been one and know that a lot of times, the only time you can you get a chance to talk in the media is when there's something that's not so great happening right a derailment or an accident or you know concerns about whatever and so i wanted an opportunity for them to tell kind of about the good things happening at their transit system. Because public transit, in my belief, and I think yours too, is a force for good in the world. And the only time we're in the news shouldn't just be with unfortunate situations that occur. We want to talk about all the great things happening. You know, What about the new rail system we're starting or the new light rail improvements that are being made in the city, etc.? so that people can hear that. So we did that. And of course, the podcast went viral and now it's heard in 100 countries around the world. I get emails all the time from places like New Zealand or uh, Central Europe, from people um, who say they love the show, et cetera. And we've taken the show around the world. The show has really become uh, not only international phenomenon, just broadcasting about American uh, and Canadian CEOs, but you know we've been to Australia and Africa and Asia. And matter of fact, like next week, we've got a show from a great leader in Asia. So lots of things happening with the podcast internationally. Uh, this year, in honor of our fifth season, we've uh, revamped a lot of the Uh, accoutrements of the show. Our website, transitunplugged.com, is really a base where you can get all this information. So if you don't have that as one of your favorites, you should on your phone or on your laptop. We've changed the, uh, upgraded the website so it looks more like a BBC uh, Netflix-style streaming podcast. We've given a brand new logo, a brand new look to the show's we have two you know, main types of podcasts we do every other week. One week, we do an in-depth interview with the CEO. And the next week, we do what's called News and Views, like today's show, where we bring you all that. Now, we've also expanded into, um, as you know, webinars. We've done webinars around the world uh, during the uh, pandemic. And now, live events like the one we just did recently at APTA Expo that you heard on last week's episode, uh, five featuring five of the most powerful women in transit. Now, we've gone into... Uh, also, expanded social media access. Just this month, we opened up four new social media sites I'd like you to look at. You can find them at the bottom of transitunplug.com. Go to the bottom of the page, and there's the symbol for Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. There are four sites. You can also find them if you go to your LinkedIn uh, account, just type in Transit Unplugged. Here we're going to be giving you more in depth, behind the scenes uh, information about the shows, or you can find us at Transit On Twitter, at Transit Unplug U-N-P-L-U-G. Follow us there, if you will. We're giving you kind of like a breaking news about the show, various things happening there. Our Instagram page, uh, which is uh, really a fun place to see what's happening, kind of behind-the-scenes photos on the stories across the top. You'll have from your host, uh, in-depth, in-the-news, news news and views, to Expo, and a section for Transit Unplugged TV. Follow us. Find us at Transit Unplugged on Instagram. Uh, And you can also find us, Transit Unplugged TV, on YouTube, where right now we have our Sizzler reel. That's like a movie preview talking about the new TV show coming your way. So find us on social media. Follow us on social media if you would. It's a great way to stay in touch and in tune with what's happening with the show. As I mentioned, we we are moving forward with our television show. Uh, Our editor, Ted McNeil, is right now, as I record this, working on Editing our first episode, which is from Las Vegas RTC with CEO MJ Mader and her staff. Uh, you, we show you behind the scenes information. You'll be able to find this on YouTube at our YouTube channel. Um, so make sure you go there and and subscribe to it so you can watch the show. It's going to be unlike any other show I think you've ever seen. I've never seen a show about public transportation, behind the scenes, interviews with the executives, what it looks like when you go into the operations control center or or seeing, for instance, on this show, their game day express, taking people to the new NFL stadium there. All that kind of fun stuff on the street operations. The second episode coming your way, that'll be in December. Our second episode in January will has already been filmed at Nashville MTA with WeGo Transportation with Steve Bland and his staff and lots of fun Shots there also. I filmed some supplemental reels at APTA Expo with some special guests. Um, And then our third episode in February of 2022 will come from APTA Expo, where we filmed the five women CEO roundtable along with some extra interviews on site. I think you'll find this a, a great show. It continues to evolve. You know, I've described it as kind of like an Anthony Bourdain travel show. Instead of focusing, though, just on food and on the chefs, we focus on food but also public transit and the CEOs. We always have a, usually a, I'm going to try to fit in a time where we can sit down and kind of have an intimate gathering over a meal with the CEO or some executives from the transit system, talk about their lives and stuff. Basically, it's an extension of our podcast with video and you can see more what's happening. I've got uh, episodes potentially lined up for the the rest of the coming year. I think you'll really enjoy our show and I hope you'll follow us uh, on YouTube uh, to- able to see this video once a month, a half-hour television show. And now look at what's happening uh, back on our podcast itself. Um, Starting in uh, next week's episode, we've got an in-depth interview with Ling Wee, who is one of the leaders of the Singapore transit system. That'll be for our December 8th show. We release a new show every Wednesday of each week. Then the following week will be a future of tech. Uh, transit tech Roundtable on the 15th and then our in-depth show on the 22nd just before christmas will be our best of show of 2021 where we'll have uh, a bunch of the interviews segments of interviews from 2021 from some of the best interviews that we thought we liked the best <laughs> and then um, on the 29th we're going to do a special thing we haven't done before all those who are involved with the podcast tris our producer Alea, mike are all gonna be on a round table to talk about what we think some of the most cool things were that happened in public transit in 2021, innovations, et cetera, and what we see happening coming up in 2022. That'll be kind of a look at uh, a wrap up of the year and a look to the future. And as we continue our look to the future, our guest lineup for 2022 is very strong, right off the bat, very excited. My good friend, Kevin Quinn, the new CEO of TransLink in Vancouver, Canada, will be our very first guest of the new year. Uh, we've already scheduled the interview, and uh, Kevin, as many of you know, is a good friend of mine. Uh, we both worked together at the MTA in Baltimore. He became the CEO after I left for, for four years, did a tremendous job, and now has moved on to TransLink, You know, one of the most iconic transit systems in North America, right? They won the Transit System of the Year Award just recently with APTA, and he replaces another great Kevin, Kevin Desmond, who retired after about five years in that role. So looking forward to our conversation with him. We'll bring that to you on January 5th. And then on our January 12th show, we've already lined up some interviews for some of the top 40 under 40 uh, folks. You know, that's uh, once a year, Mass Transit Magazine uh, issues their top 40 individuals who are under age 40 in our industry. Several of them are friends of mine, so they're going to be on the show for the 12th. And then Laura Kaprowski, the CEO of Tarda in Toledo, Ohio, will be our guest for our in-depth show on the 19th. And then on the 26th, our News & View show, our Newsmaker interview will be Karen Philbrick, Executive Director of the Norman Mineta Transportation Institute. Already uh, have recorded that episode. A great interview with her. I think you'll find that fascinating. And then in February, I'll give you a little teaser. Paul Tolliver, my buddy, uh, is uh, lining up. You know, we did the 40 under 40. We're doing the 7 over 70. That's right. Seven of the top transit leaders who are over 70 years old, who have been in the industry for a while, talk to us about their memories and about what they think about what's happening in public transportation today. That'll most likely be broken into two shows, uh, both of our first two episodes in the month of February. So that's a look ahead for you, a preview of what's coming on Transit Unplugged over the next few months. Hey, thanks for making us the world's top transit executive podcast. Tell your friends about it. If you like an episode, the way to help spread the good news is to share it on your social media. Just click share uh, on your LinkedIn profile, or now you can do it right on Instagram or on um, Twitter. Share our post to your friends and and those who follow you in social media to spread the news about how public transportation really is a force for good. And we've been shown that right over the peak of the pandemic. When we were transporting folks who had no other way to get around, our essential workers, as they call them, we've really shown ourselves to be a hero of the community. And here in the U.S. and other countries now, federal governments are stepping up their financial commitment as they recognize that. I'm Paul Comfort. Thanks again for making us America and the world's favorite transit executive podcast. Stay tuned every week for a new exciting episode.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Transit Unplugged News and Views and to our special guest, Jane Grogg Sarasota County Area Transit for the fantastic interview she did with Paul at APTA. It was really, really great. It was great being there and listening to all the things she had to say. As Paul said in his future look at transit, really future look at the show, we have a jam-packed December in January and February for you. I hope that you... Uh, Listen in to all these fantastic episodes we have coming up. Of course, if you ever want to send us a comment or a question, or want to even be a guest on Transit Unplugged, feel free to email us anytime at info at So until next week, ride safe and ride happy.